Hello and welcome to this week's episode of New Music Discovery. I'm Tom Duggan and this week we have a bumper edition packed with great new songs. As we just had Valentine's Day, we end the show with a first, as Shay and Regan has not one but two special versions of Past Life for us to enjoy. However, we start tonight with this motley crew from Canada. This is the one. Yeah. This is the one. <laughs> this is it. This is the one. If this song doesn't make it, that's it. We're done. We're, we're done. <laughs> not shining. Not. <laughs> we're not shining anymore. The There's remix. no shine left. It's the remake. <laughs> not shining. <laughs> the day had to end. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's and, all and over. It's we're done. And it's it just no ends more. there. <laughs> A new no song. more new songs. This is Darren. I'm McCall. This is Christian. And Gisela. And we are Coastal Town. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about <laughs> Still Shining. <laughs> yes. Cause, yeah, because this is like the first song where I was like, oh, this is legit. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. And this was one of your first times ever singing lead. This, yeah, this one was the first. Crazy. And how old were you? 13, 14. 13, 14? Yeah, you maybe were just yeah. 14? Yeah, just turned... Oh my gosh. And you wow. put in a oh killer gosh. performance. <laughs> Ridiculously good performance. I can't believe yeah. I was 14. <laughs> That's so weird to say. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah. Going into the studio your first time? Scary. Yeah. Right? Because like my only experience ever really was just at like was more live. Everything was happening like at church. I, I've never been to an actual studio and let alone in front of a producer. Like I was scary to me. I was like so like nervous. I remember just shaking and just dreading my turn. I didn't want it I didn't want it to be my turn. I just wanted to watch Eunice and McCall do it the entire time, <laughs> to be honest. It felt like you went in with a lot of confidence though, even if you maybe were feeling I nervous. I was so scared. I because I, I, I knew if I get nervous my voice will get shaky. And which means more takes and as much as possible I want it to be over with. <laughs> So I left. I was just scared that Doug was gonna be like, "Oh, you're bad or you're flat." But he he was really nice as well. Yeah, he's he, good at working with you and, oh, yeah, and getting the sure. best out of you. He was also really patient, like yeah. knowing that it was like our first times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, yeah, he was like the perfect first producer. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's Doug Fury. Anyone in the London area? Hit him up if you need a producer. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hit him up and be like, "Hey, Colson Town <laughs> sent us." <laughs> When we first were working on this song, we kind of had like that dance vibe. And then when I was kind of working on that strum, I I had uh, this guy, Nile Rogers in mind, who's the like guy who created the disco sound of the 70s. And I was like, yes, this is going to be like our disco anthem. Mm-hmm. And so I go in to Doug and I'm like, I play this song for him. And I'm like, this one is going to be Nile Rogers disco anthem. And he's like, yep, yep. I know exactly what you want. Daft Punk, Random Access Memories. That's what we're going to do. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> We no no Nile Rogers, you know the disco anthem. He's like, yep yep yep, got you got you. Daft Punk, Random Access Memories. Let's do this. <laughs> so the song it's about going to your very first show Ooh. with your big brother. Anyone have any first show stories? I remember the first show I went to. I went with like a basically like older sister, yeah, close friend, but like yeah. Would you guys like see? An older oh, we saw Imagine Dragons. Sick. Ooh, Rogers nice. Arena. Yeah. Oh no. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, my first show, Eunice actually took me to. Ooh, it was oh, kind of like your big sister too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was right before COVID started. We went to see Daniel Caesar, and oh. it was really good. It, we ended up switching. It wasn't as packed as we thought it would be. It was packed, but we ended up moving seats midway through the, the show. You could do oh. that. No, but we did it. <laughs> oh. We got pretty good seats. It was oh. the it was the last day of the tour. What about you, Gisela? First show. 
Oh, my very first show was with my aunt. She took me to watch One Republic. Yeah. Ooh. And, well, I mean, I, I like their music, but I didn't really know much about it until I heard those songs. I'm like, oh, they wrote them? <laughs> they wrote those songs? But, yeah, she took me to that, and I remember crying when they sang Secrets. Oh, my God. Classic. Um, it was it was a very like surreal like they they turned down all the lights we all had our like flashlights on and everyone's just like singing me. their heart out mm-hmm. it was it was like a it felt like very like intimate so were you guys all buzzing afterwards too still shining afterwards oh, all yeah. the way home oh, i remember my yeah. favorite things about shows would be like your ears would be like kind of ringing and then you'd be like mm. lying in bed afterwards and your ears are still kind of buzzing a little bit and you're yeah. still kind of like reliving the show yeah you kind of have like that adrenaline the, the end of the show is always like bittersweet because mm-hmm. like, you don't want it to end yeah it's such a, like a high but then you gotta go now yeah yeah, yeah but the day had to end i'm, I'm sorry, sorry.
Hey there, my name is Bryce Bowen and I am a dance pop artist from Washington, D.C. And you are about to listen to my brand new song, Blue, off of my brand new EP, A Rosy Retrospect. Blue is about a cologne that was super popular when I was in college. It's called Blue de Chanel. I don't know if people still wear it. It's a really heavy, expensive fragrance. But the guys that used to wear it were like frat boy jerks. But it smelled so sexy at the same time. So it was a really complicated situation when you're at the club and dancing with that type of a guy, but he's wearing this sultry cologne. Ugh. So I've been trying to put that concept to music for a while, but I could never get the vibe right. And the pre-chorus came to me on a walk one day, and then it kind of just avalanched out. Recording the song was super fun. I recorded the vocals to all the songs on the EP with one engineer named Blaine Meisner um, at Q Recording in Virginia. Uh, he's really chill, but he's also really straight. And Blue, as you will hear, is really gay, especially in the verses. So Blaine kept challenging me to go campier and campier, and the whole thing was just silly and super fun. So I'm glad he was a good sport about it. Sonically, I wanted to pull in some B-52 Scissor Sister vibes. I think that reflects the dirty nightlife energy of the song. Um, and of the story, because it is a story song. It's telling the tale of a very chaotic night out, and the verses are kind of rude and have this, like, mother goose spoken rhyme element. And then we, you know, touch on some psychedelic sounds in the pre-chorus as well. It's just a very bizarre song, and I love the way it turned out. And it was actually going to be called Blue de Chanel, um, but my lawyer boyfriend told me I couldn't call it that. So it's just called Blue, and I hope you enjoy it. Fun. A tall drink of water couldn't be any hotter. Light me up bright like the sun. Waiting for the Uber and you say your name is Cooper. Uh-oh, what have I done? Went in the elevator, I detect my favorite flavor, a real aromatic home run. Notes of cedar and sandals, heart like a grapefruit vandal, aroma for a scandal. Your gold chain and Ferrari, vibe like a frat boy party. Good God, I want it on me.
Hi, my name is uh, James Hawkin and I'm a piano player. Um, been playing the piano since I was seven years old. I uh, did classical training till about 14. Um, taught myself then how to play sort of rock pop stuff and joined bands and started playing professionally at 14. Um, in my other life, I'm uh, what's called a higher learning support practitioner, which is uh, to do with education. I help students between the ages of 16 and 20 who are struggling academically, uh, usually doing mass interventions, that sort of thing. Um, usually working with uh, youngsters who are on the autistic spectrum, um, like I am myself. Um, so I was in my 30s when I was diagnosed with high-functioning autism and ADHD. Um, the reason I sort of mentioned that is that because um, growing up was, uh, as a youngster, you know, a lot of issues and things. Um, and one thing I found solace in was playing the piano. Um, it was like a conduit for the way I was feeling at the time, frustration, angry, um, upset, confused, I suppose, mostly. Uh, growing up um one thing i could understand um was music and particularly the piano it was uh something that i always went to if i needed to feel <laughs> feel better and feel less confused about the world so this uh sitting at the piano and playing um i just letting all my feelings out through the piano it sort of informs my playing right out throughout my life really um I like to think I play with a lot of expression and a lot of feeling. Uh, people have told me I've got a really good touch. Um, they like the way I, I play the piano. It's very expressive. Um, and that sort of leads on to this new track, uh, Warts and All, a performance, basically. I thought, well, how can I best express that way of playing? And I thought, well, maybe an improvised thing. Do what I've always done throughout my life, sit at the piano and just play. And whatever I'm feeling, whatever comes out is what I'm going to record. Um, and if it's uh, decent enough, then um, maybe an idea to release it so people can sort of get an idea of uh, a free-form piece with some feeling, expression in it. I don't know, spontaneous way of playing... Um, I don't know, it might be, <laughs> people might just find it interesting, I suppose, um, in the way that I do. So that's what I did. Um, so there it is, that, that's the piece, it's just me sat at a piano playing, and whatever it is, it is. Um, so warts and all, um, that title, okay, is a historical reference. Um, a guy called Oliver Cromwell. Uh, back in the 1600s, I think, um, England had a revolution. Um, they chopped the king's head off, basically, and decided not to have a royal family anymore. And um, this chap called Oliver Cromwell became Lord Protector. And he sort of ruled the land for 11 or 12 years, I think it was. And back in those days, it was uh, the high and mighty powerful people would have their portrait painted. And painters of the day would titivate the painting a little bit to make sure that the subject was looking brilliant. Oliver Cromwell, Cromwell didn't want any of that. Um, Cromwell wasn't the best looking of people. He had warts on his face. 
and he told the artist, paint me warts and all. All the blemishes, everything, all the all the details of his face, and that is a bit like the piece, really. It's blemishes and all. It's uh, uh, if you listen carefully in the piece, there are certainly bum notes. Um, time is all over the place, but uh, I mean that's what you get if you put expression and feeling into into a piece of music. You know, the time is never a metronome type of thing. Um, it is all over the place, ever I felt. Um, so there we are. Um, so the new piece, solo piano piece, improvised, um, made up on the spot, warts and all.
Hey, this is Ryan, aka Skinny Dippers, and I'm really excited to be back on the podcast this month. Today, I'm going to be talking a little bit about my second single off my debut album, Wedding Ring, which I just released last Friday. This was a super fun track to make, and might be my favorite from the album if I had to pick one. Throughout the entire album, I worked with my friends Dan and Jordan of the band Toledo, who helped produce the record, played a number of instruments including drums, lead guitar, some bass parts across each of the tracks. This was really fun because it was my first time after the start of COVID getting back into a room with other people and hammering out arrangements of a song live in an ensemble setting, whereas with previous tracks, like my first single, Panties, I had recorded it completely remotely from my bedroom in isolation and sent stems back and forth with my buddy Harper James, who had helped me to produce and mix the record. I also got the chance after working with the Toledo guys to bring in one of my other favorite musicians in Molina Duterte, who's also known as Jason, who helped me mix the album, which was really a dream come true, and I couldn't have been more happy with how it all turned out. So talking a little bit more specifically about Wedding Ring, it's a song that aims to capture the fleeting feeling and excitement of new love. But underneath, there's hidden undertones, darker undertones, bubbling up beneath the surface of the track. Throughout the verses, I try to build a bedrock of feelings of warmth and sunshine and light by using descriptive lyrics talking about the start of a new relationship, but I'm simultaneously incorporating minor chords and some very dark, slightly reverby acoustic guitars to help build out a richer, fuller sound that might hint, hey, there's more going on than that sunny lyrics and poppy melodies might lead you to believe as a listener. I sprinkle in a few clues throughout the verses and pre-courses, but by the time we hit the first chorus, the lyrics really start to let us know that something's going wrong in the scene described. So it says, I thought of everything, your wedding ring, it's hard to notice what you can't comprehend. In spite of everything, found out it's just a fling, got my hopes up, now I'm let down again. By the time we get to the second chorus, it repeats those same lyrics, but a fuzzed out, distorted guitar part plays this sloppy, grungy melody line over the chord progression, which is kind of a pretty chord progression, I would say, with kind of lighthearted, clean electric guitars, the acoustic guitars, um, and a pretty majory melody. While we also have uh, all those guitars continuing the same theme throughout when the lyrics stop. This builds to a crescendo point in the song, really the apex of the song, until the distorted guitars fade, the acoustic guitar returns to the forefront, and the last lyrics of the outro, which again are using the kind of pre-chorus progression, the last lyrics say, my heart is racing, it's the start of something happening, showing the hope of the protagonist, but I didn't notice on your hand you wore that silver ring. Big surprise of the song. So, letting listeners know uh, that things couldn't have worked out after all. So, now that I've completely over-explained the song and ruined the surprise, let's give everyone a chance to hear it for themselves.
Hey there, it's great to be back again on the NAS podcast. Thanks a million to Tom Duggan. So Blue Skies 22 is my latest release. It's a re-release. Originally, it was launched back in 2021. I decided that it needed a little bit of a remastering and remixing. So I got in touch with the wonderful Charles Connolly again to give it the... uh, I guess the attention to the sound for radio quality that it deserves. Um, there's also some, like I suppose, little uh, zhuzhs and touch-ups here and there. But um, it really brings the core message more to the front because I, I think it really does the song a better kind of justice than it had before. Because the song's about something very important. It's about, I suppose, coping in an era where we're all, I guess, subjected every day to the uh, environmental crisis and the biodiversity crisis on the planet. And it's important that we think about our behavior. So it's a bit of a protest song to, I suppose, the way the world works. And maybe it's a little bit of a a contrast to the creativity that we do as artists and maybe feeling a little bit like vulnerable or a little bit helpless in an era where uh, there's so much damage being done to the planet. So Blue Skies 22, coping in a world of craziness brought upon by ourselves and uh, looking maybe towards the future and seeing that there is a positive message in the end and hopefully blue skies will come again which is uh, very close to my home here in Dublin where there's a lot of grey skies so when the blue skies come it's a good thing. Enjoy and take care wherever you are. Blue skies will come
Jessie P. I'm an alternative pop artist. I'm from Germany and live now in the UK in London and today I get to talk about my single Wide Awake which is coming out on the 18th of February and the song is really important to me because 
I wrote this without even thinking about writing a song. I was like, okay, we'll just do this. And it's a song that is like about mental health and like mental battles. And it's really about like finding some kind of hope in it. Finding like, no, it's okay. I'm, it's okay. I'm not okay right now, but I will be. And there will be a way out and kind of something that shows how I felt but also kind of what I was like looking forward to. And I really hope that it will help other people. It was really the fastest song I ever wrote. And it, which I don't think it always means something, but in this case, I felt like it was very honest the way it came out, even though I might not reveal a lot of, of the problem, but it's like, it's more about what to do with a problem. and. Yeah, like this feeling of a hurricane like really crashing inside of you, like it just, it's that kind of feeling inside of you. And um, that's what I was really wanted to say. But then being like, yeah, but there will be hope, it's okay. Like it's just a period, there are highs and lows in life and the slow will end and it will go up again. So that's what the song is about. and. I hope you enjoy it and I would love for you to um, yeah, follow me on social media under Jessie P, um, Jessie P Music and on like Spotify and all the streaming platforms, I'm under Jessie P.
time I'm winning Lying wide awake Even if I feel insane It'll be okay No more chance Hello again, this is Matthew Camrath coming from my house here in Central California. I am going to play my newest tune for you guys here momentarily. It's called Backflash. Um, but first, I'd like to thank a few folks. Tom, thank you again for putting me on this podcast. I appreciate it. Ed, you're the man, my brother. Keep doing your thing. And JHM, you've helped me so much, and I appreciate it, bro. Um, I guess we'll listen to some music now. Here's Backflash by yours truly, MK Camrath. You guys have a good night and take care. Shem, 
And today you will be listening to two new versions of my song, Past Life. Um, and to tell you a little bit more about the original song, I would just say that it pretty much is a love letter to my most amazing and extremely beautiful partner. And um, it's intended to be one of those love songs that you could slow dance to or just listen to um, with someone you extremely love uh, or by keeping them in mind and heart and just expressing um, the love and affection that you have for this person through song. Experience that wonderful feeling and sort of reignite that inside of yourself in, in, in the period of four minutes, something seconds. Um, and the reason behind doing two new versions of this song was primarily because um, I wanted to sort of have a visualized concept of a of a date on on Valentine's Day, um, just depicted through sort of the sound of these two versions. So first off, you get the date night version, which um, I've had the honor of working with um, Carlos from Proyecto Auricula. And I probably know I've butchered the pronunciation, so I'm sorry about that. But um, it is an almost like a lounge, jazz, smooth version of the same song. And you'll find in both of these versions um, some um, lyric changes to, um, say, give the version its own special feeling. And um, in this version, you will find um, Carlos's extremely beautiful um, work on the instrumental and um, it's a very different vibe than the original, and I had so much fun working on it with him, and he's extremely talented, one, and two, he's extremely supportive, so it was so much fun working on it. And then you get um, the second version of the song, which is um, called Past Life from the Living Room, which sounds exactly like the, the title. It sounds like um, just sitting in the living room singing on the piano, and it's just a piano played by the most amazing Virginia Kay from Blues Trainer, you will know her, um, and it was such a treat working with her on the song, and it had it, it. It was just so much fun, just even talking about this, talking about doing it, and then actually doing it. Um, it was just a treat, and um, I had the most wonderful time working on both of these versions. And to tell you a little bit more about um, the date now version, right after this message is Carlos. Um, you get to hear from him a little bit, and then later on, whenever on the podcast, the from the living room version plays, you'll hear Virginia Kay from Blues Trainer tell you a little bit more about that one. So I hope you like um, both of these versions that we've made. I've had so much fun and I like them. I hope you do too um, when you listen to them. And have a wonderful time. Keep safe. Be nice. Um, this was supposed to be a Valentine's release, but that got delayed a little. And it could not be released on the Day of Love, but that should be every day. Every day should be a day of love. So let's just hold on to that fact and um, enjoy the songs. Thank you, cheers. Working in the song of other composers, it can be a challenge because uh, the composer has its own idea uh, about the style and the atmosphere he wants to create with his song. Uh, in, in this case, Cheyenne has a very clear concept uh, about how he wants to sound in, in this song. So uh, my job as an arranger and co-producer was to understand what he was willing to transmit to the audience and, and uh, what kind of uh, instruments and sounds 
he wants to give to the song in order to make a different atmosphere of the original version. So it's a, it was easy because he has a clear, a clear concept and well, uh, my job here, here was to give uh, those sounds and, and those, that interpretation of his idea. So thank you to, uh, to Cheyenne uh, for letting me be part of this version of the song. And thank you, of course, to Tom for giving space here in, in the podcast. And NAS for um, allowing me to collaborate with other musicians, uh, not only being part of the family uh, with, with the promotion, but make these kind of collaborations that uh, give us the opportunity to work with people in the other part of the world that uh, it's very, very far away from me and have this kind of results. Thank you very much again, Cheyenne, Tom, and of course, NAS for giving us the opportunity. Once upon a time, twice in a row, three words we never had the urge to say before. We were kids back then, oh, we didn't know if we'd go back to friends when it's over. I won't talk anymore, can't take it away. house that's filled with memories and our chosen colored walls I'm all over the place you don't say too much and you're always there when my scars they need a healer's touch and I know I must have been good in a past life for the world to bring me These words come out of my mouth Form on my tongue and roll their way out Yeah, you're the one And I know that I know that I always know They say life's a song And you're my favorite line When I'm down on my luck You're the one that I trust To make everything right And you Sing my old man laugh when you'd go off key while singing the city hall line and that's still music to me and I know I must have been good in a past life for the world to bring me to you and as these words come out of my mouth Form on my tongue and roll the way out Yes, you're the one And I know that I know that I always knew Oh, something in the air The night that you and I 
I like 